0: listening to the Real Housewives of the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rogers. In this sweet space, you'll hear from women who are like you and some that are not. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard on subjects like marriage, homemaking, friendships, ministry, parenting, and seeking God. You will also hear from me sharing what God is doing in my own heart. The enemy of our souls wants us to feel alone, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So, if you are like me and need that reminder, join us as we laugh and cry together, giving God the glory through the stories of our lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. This is your host, Caroline Rogers, and I am really excited to be here with you today. Today is December 29, it is episode 75, and it is officially the last episode of season three. I am so grateful if you've been with me for a while. Thank you for listening and for being such an encouragement to me, and uh, I am just grateful. I'm grateful for the podcast. I have talked about on the podcast before my word of the year and that I do that, but I've never really gone into kind of how I do it or why I do it or what it looks like. And I've said, I think on a few different episodes that I'm going to do a whole episode talking about it. So that's this episode. I thought it was kind of the perfect thing to do because it is something that I do at the turn of the year. So starting January 1st, and it just kind of helps me uh, pursue something that God wants to teach me. I know that you might have heard of people doing words of the year. It's not necessarily an overtly Christian thing. I know that there's people who like to quote unquote manifest a word in their life and that isn't biblical, that word or that really only God can manifest things in our lives. So, uh, that is not the approach that I take. It's also not a mantra for me that i repeat throughout the year to encourage me or to motivate me and not that 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 doesn't necessarily have to be bad but um for me it really is just something that i am praying about ahead of time i don't decide it right on january 1st um usually i'm praying about it ahead of time and just asking god what he wants to teach me in the coming year and So you may be wondering, how do I get the word? Well, I usually, like I said, I ask God ahead of time. I'm praying about it. It's always going to be a word that would incite a practice or a discipline. And it's always something that I can learn more about by reading my Bible and praying more. So it wouldn't be something like, you know, health or take better care of my skin or something like that. It would always be a word. I would learn more about it by reading my Bible or by learning more about the character of God in general and just meditating on the character of God. Another question you might have is, what do I do with it? Well, so throughout the year, I pray often for God to teach me what it means and to show me what he wants me to learn. As I read God's word, what I do is I'm constantly either looking for that word or I'm looking for that word acted out throughout the history of the Bible Uh, I highlight it or underline it. I make notes in the margin. So, you know, I will like write the word next to a scripture or next to a story that shows that attribute or that discipline or that thing. And then it's really cool because then when I go back through my Bible, I can go back and see those things that I learned years ago and they can continue to teach me throughout my days. I also study the word in different translations of the Bible. I study it in what was the original intention of that word. I look at the English, the English definition of that word and process that. I look at the positives and the negatives about it throughout the Bible and throughout my days and just try to assess where I'm seeing that come up in my life and I try to pay attention to that in particular. I also journal about it. Several years back, before I even started doing Word of the Year, a really sweet friend of mine that went to church with me encouraged me to journal. She just said she would take out her journal every day and write a little something in it. And I've journaled, I mean, gosh, I journaled when I was a little girl, even when I would study God's word and that sort of a thing. But I wouldn't say it was super consistent until this friend of mine really just kind of talked about her practice of it. And so I started doing that. And now I've done a journal every year since that, uh, since she told me that she did that. And that's been really cool because in addition to a lot of other things and Prayers that you can go back and see that were answered, and whatever else, doing the word of the year, it's cool to be able to kind of jot down what God's teaching me through journaling. Another thing that I do is I try to have a willing heart to listen. Often the words um, can be difficult and can point out a lot of things in me that I need to work on and of course that's kind of the the goal right you know we are being sanctified by god slowly and he is going to finish the work in us but it takes a little work so uh, this is another way that uh that i do that another question you might have is what benefits have i seen from doing a word of the year well i've learned more about god's character and how it pertains to my daily life I've learned more about his word and why it says what it says. I've gained some understanding of the word and am generally more cognitive to God continuing to teach me things about it daily in life, even after the year is up. Once I've taken a year to really focus on that word, now all of a sudden I am just a little bit more receptive when God's trying to point out that thing in my life or if I need to work on it you know, in a different angle or a different way, Uh, it often changes my perspective. And that's really cool too, to see God changing my heart on things that I needed changing on. Another question you might have is what does it not do? Well, it doesn't make me an expert on the word or the discipline. I definitely need way more work on all of these things that I'm going to share with you today. It does not change my circumstance. So that's kind of the manifesting thing that I was talking about earlier, where there's a lot of people kind of, of having this idea of wanting to manifest something in their life. So doing this does not change my circumstances, but it changes how I approach my circumstances and it changes how I view what's happening in my life. It also does not predict what will happen in the coming year or years. So even if God gives me a word, I can't assume that these particular things are going to happen to me in a certain way. And you'll kind of see that as I share about the different years and what I learned in the years. When I started, it was 20. Well, it was 2018 when I knew I was going to do a word of the year. That was the year that I was preparing to go off of social media in 2019. I was going to be preparing for my blog and eventually this podcast. And I asked God what he wanted to teach me. And this word just kept coming up in my heart and my head. And God just made it really clear. So my 2019 word was still. And so the noun for still is deep silence and calm, stillness. The adjective is not moving or making a sound. So I knew God wanted me to sit still and not fill the extra time I would have not being on social media. I knew he wanted me to not fill the gap, but to be still and let there kind of be space there. Um, I was also looking at this entire year of prep for blogging and podcasting and all of these things. And so being still also actually was kind of interesting because I wasn't exactly completely still. But I also learned that being still is less about not having to do anything and more about letting God do everything and waiting on him to move. And a few of my favorite scriptures and highlights from that year, uh, Psalms 46.10. And this is all about trusting God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And also don't act out. Psalms 4.4 4 is be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. So those are two ways that I learned about being still. One way being still was an act of obedience and trust in God that I'm waiting for him to move. And in another way, I learned about being still and how I needed to Be still, especially if I was frustrated about something, uh, that I needed to let God work in my heart before I kind of made any moves if I was frustrated about something or angry about something. Another really cool perspective on being still is in found in the book Nehemiah. I love the book Nehemiah. If you've never read Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah, you could read them together. They were like originally one book. In that is the story. God's people had been uh, carried away captive. Jerusalem's walls were falling down. They hadn't lived there in a long time. And Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king in Persia. And he basically gets the opportunity to go back because he's so trusted and loved by the king. Uh, He does such a good job at his job and in character and who he was that the king sees that he's sad and asks him why. And they basically go back to, he gives them the opportunity to go back to Jerusalem. He gives them the necessary supplies to build the walls and he lets Nehemiah take a remnant of God's people with him. And so after they build the walls, the people have not heard God's word in so long. And so they read it and the people just start weeping because they haven't heard it in so long and it just like incites this this holy like mourning and just desire to know God. And to know his word and after having not heard it in so long, like think about when you haven't seen someone in a long time or you haven't heard their voice and you hear it all of a sudden, I mean, it's just like, it cuts you to the quick, you know, it's just so good to hear their voice again. And so I feel like that's how the people felt. So this scripture happens after the people are weeping after they read God's word back to them. And it this is found in Nehemiah 8, 11 and 12. It says, so the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. And it was so sweet because it's like a call for grief to be stilled. And I thought that was like such a sweet perspective of the word still as well. And so... I did spend a lot of time being still, even though I was writing for my blog. I wrote a piece every week that year for my blog, even though I didn't publish all of them. Oddly enough, I just did not. That was 2020. So anyway, weird year. I'm getting on to that one next. But but I did spend a lot of time being still and I did need to sit still and wait for God to basically give me the go to do the next thing. My 2020 word of the year was slow. And what's so funny is I was like, I didn't see this one coming. And at first when God put this word on my heart, I was like, slow? Kind of sounds like still. I mean, what could I possibly learn from slow that I haven't already learned from still, but I still really... Kept hearing that that was what the Lord wanted me to focus on. And the adjective for slow is moving or operating or designed to do so only at a low speed, not quick or fast. The adverb is at a slow pace slowly or the verb is reduce one speed and boy did we all reduce speed in 2020 and it's so crazy because when this word came to my mind i had no idea what was coming my hubby was working as a Disney imagineer he was working full-time regular job I was gearing up to launch my blog and I was ready to get the year started and 2020 happened. And man, it was obviously a hard year for everybody for a lot of different reasons. And it was a hard to learn that in 2020, but it, there was definitely a necessity to learn the value of being slow, of slowly responding, of just all of the different things that go along with that word. One of... My favorite verses from that year that stuck out to me for this word was James 1.19. So then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And that one, that one, like I said, that one kind of goes per. That's like a perv 2020 verse. Uh, another one is Psalms 19.11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. And boy, did I need to be slow to anger and slow to speak and slow to wrath in 2020. I was grateful that that was what God brought up in my mind to think about and to study. I studied all the ways too that the Lord is slow. Man, I'm so grateful for this because you can look from Genesis all the way to now and see that the Lord is slow to anger. Aren't you so grateful he's slow to anger? In Psalms 103.8, it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. And that is just precious to hear that God is slow to anger. When we think about it for us, it's kind of hard to be slow to anger sometimes, but I am just grateful that we have that example in God. I also love in Second Peter 3, 9, and this is the amplified version, it says, "'Thankfully the Lord is not slow where it counts. "'The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act, "'and is not slow about his promise, "'as some count slowness but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to rep- repentance. And so it's amazing because the Lord is slow to anger for us, but he is also not slow towards us when it comes to his Promises. And I know all of our lives slowed way down, and it was definitely beneficial to see the benefit of living slow at the same time, just trusting that God was not being slow to act, that God was in control of everything that was happening. It's also cool to, as I went through the Bible and read through, to just see different stories where people either felt like God was being slow to respond to their lives or. God changed a pace in their life and they were kind of caught off guard by it, but also seeing how God doesn't really ever waste a season. And so while I do not ever want to live another 2020 in my life ever again, please, Lord, uh, I am grateful for the lessons I learned about slow in 2020. In 2021, my word was immediate obedience. And yes, I know that's two words. Uh, so I'm going to give you the definitions of immediate and obedience. So immediate is occurring or done at once, instant. And obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. So it is just immediately submitting to God when he asks you to do something. And it's so crazy because again, pick this word a little bit before the turn of the, the beginning of the year. And we had no idea what was in store for us that year, but we definitely had to make a lot of very quick decisions that we had to just kind of trust the Lord on throughout that entire year. And so we had to act immediately. We had to do immediate obedience. And it's funny because that is a thing that often you teach children is this immediate obedience. So that if you say, don't run out into the street, listen to mom, you know, that is something you want your kids to learn how to be immediately obedient to you. And it's no different with God. God wants us to be immediately obedient to him. Honestly, God called for my obedience in some areas where I was really frustrated and bitter in my heart. And he really just wanted me to surrender. And I... Did. I actually did it quickly. And when I did it quickly, he acted quickly. And it was so sweet to see him just move on my behalf like that. And, you know, I have this word written all over my Bible. So now, I basically went through and anytime I saw anyone in scripture practicing immediate obedience, I noted it, or I noted if they were disobedient so that I could kind of assess what was happening in their life and how could I apply that to my own life so that I don't make those same mistakes. If you think about it, so Jonah was not immediately obedient. (laughs) he, um, he was very disobedient for a long time. And then even once he actually went back and did what God called him to do after the fish swallowed him, he was still discontent. And so I can see that disobedience often brings discontentment. And when I am disobedient to what God's calling me to do i can see that discontentment in my heart on the flip side you have the disciples who immediately followed jesus and i just i highlighted immediately uh, in all of those scriptures where it shows them they're literally in the middle of their jobs and they just drop their nets and follow jesus can you think about that today you know just if that was what you did in your job i mean it was no different for them they were making a livelihood there was bills to pay there was taxes that were crushing i mean there was a lot of things going on in that time they were being you know very heavily persecuted and by the government and yet they immediately acted they felt god prompt their hearts and they followed jesus and what's so cool is that today we are benefiting from the fact that they were immediately obedient think about what our obedience could mean for generations to come. So that was something that I just was excited about meditating on through that year. Ultimately, they didn't know the immediate outcome of their immediate obedience just like we might not know the immediate outcome. We might we might see it or we might not. And the thing is is we can't be obedient because we want our life to turn good for us or we feel like we're scratching God's back so he's going to scratch ours. Immediate obedience is, it is a response of the heart and it's because we love him. It's not, it's just an immediate response of our heart and that's something that I'm still working on today, but it was a really cool year to go over all of those people who walked with God in obedience and Uh, or in disobedience and just kind of take a deeper look into my own life and my own heart, my own actions and my own motivations. It's just, uh, it was good. On 2022, my word of the year was humility, you guys, (laughs) humility. When God told me this, I was kind of scared. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, Humility? What are you going to make me do? That was my first thought, which is really, I'm sad to admit, but uh, I will (laughs) tell you more about it. But I'm going to give you the noun for humility. So humility's noun is a modest or low view of one's importance, humbleness. And, you know, when I told God that I was scared that he was telling me humility, he said, Caroline, everyone who has ever been close to my heart has been marked by being humble. Don't you want to be close to my heart? And I was like, Yes, Lord, I do. I really want to be close to your heart. And that really changed my perspective. And then I wasn't scared anymore about it. And, you know, humility is also all over my Bible. Uh, cause that is another, I I mean, I did that with all of the words actually, but um, but there's a lot of situations where there was people who were marked by humility in the face of pride and in the face of difficulty and that they just trusted God and that their reactions were humble ones. And I really truly want that to be my reaction. You know, King David, he was not perfect. And yet he had an incredibly humble heart, and he was really quick to repent, and he was literally known as a man after God's own heart. And it's not easy to be humble. It really isn't. It is a difficult thing to make that your response. And I, uh, even after a year of studying it and praying over it and asking God to Cut away my pride. I still have a lot of work to do, but I am grateful that he taught me what he did. I know I looked through many different people, not just King David, but many different people in the Bible who were humble. Some who were not, and I just noted like what what was the reasons that they weren't humble? What happened to them if they weren't humble? What happened to them if they were humble? And if you look at Luke 14, 11, Jesus said, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's like, ultimately, you know, you will be humbled because we are not greater than God. We are flawed human beings. And so it is so much better to be in the position of humility than it is to be in a position of pride. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 8 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So that is definitely a really good reason to seek to have a humble heart to not be the one that's trying to get your way or prove your worth, but to let God do that because you do not want to be the one brought low. And we're being warned that the enemy is out there. He's prowling around like a lion. And you know, when he can get us, the, the easiest way he can get us is when we are prideful. And so it is just so important to keep all of these things in mind. And you know, my my prayer is that I will default to humility, you know, like when in doubt, humility. And I can't say it is always the thing that happens, but I know that now that I have started to identify it in my life and I identify when I start having pride creep in, that I recognize it a lot quicker. And so that's another good thing about any of this kind of a thing, doing a word of the year and focusing on it and letting God kind of, Teach you through it. Um, You know, and the other thing that I realized is that humility results in peace. And that when you are humble about a situation and you allow God to be the one that vindicates you, even if you have every right to say you were right or you know what you're talking about, when you default to humility, there is peace. There's peace inside of you. There's peace in the situation. And then you are literally leaving your fate in the hands of the living God. And if you serve him and you love him and you want what he wants for your life, that's a really good thing. So that was my year in humility. And uh, and I just, uh, I loved that year. And I especially, because I love King David's, so I just feel like he was so relatable because he was human. He went through a lot to get where he was as king. It was not an easy road. He went through so much, so go check that out first and second Samuel, first and second kings, first and second chronicles. You can see the story of King David and his son Solomon and the subsequent kings after, and you'll actually also see. A lot of what pride does to you if you read through that, it's like a, this is a word of warning. Um, So that brings us to this year's word that I have been going through. So 2023 has been grace, the word grace for me. And I think I've said that in a couple episodes this year already, but I haven't actually gone over it. So interestingly enough, uh, I had a niece who was born this year with the middle name, Grace. I have another niece whose name is Grace and another niece whose middle name is Gracie. So we have a whole lot of grace going on in our family. The definitions for grace are a period officially allowed for payment of a sum due or for compliance with a law or condition, especially an extended period granted as a special favor, courteous goodwill attractively polite manner of behaving the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners the bestowal of blessings so when God told me we were doing grace this year I was assuming that I just needed to have some more grace for people around me and I was very shocked when the Lord told me that we were starting with me this year. And I'm really hard on myself. Um, I didn't, honestly, when God told me that I didn't feel worthy to be focused on grace. I thought, no, I got to put other people first. I don't want to focus that on me, but honestly, it like, it really hit a chord. And I realized right in that moment that I was being very hard on myself and that I was having Hard time feeling worthy of his grace for me. Of course, I fully accept my salvation, but the enemy was definitely holding me captive in little ways, you know, to do all the things, make all the people happy, say the right things, schedule your life right, you know, like all of that kind of stuff was things that I was being really hard on myself for. And I especially loved this year one of the verses that the Lord just was like a balm for my heart, was 2 Corinthians twelve nine, And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities, but the power of Christ may rest upon me. And another one is Hebrews four sixteen. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In the time of need. And you know, it was just amazing. Every time I came to the Lord this year, I would just be reminded day by day to accept His grace in my weakness. And the most amazing thing happened. I automatically started having more grace for others. And I just, I didn't expect it to go that way. And I don't know why, but I kind of expected, like, okay, Lord we're going to work on me first. Good. We'll get me out of the way. I don't know. Maybe it'll take a couple of months and then, then I'll move into really focusing on having grace for those around me. And it just kept being hard for me to accept it for myself. I mean, it was a daily thing that I was really aware of, of how I was having a hard time accepting it. And I was trying to do things in my own strength and I was trying to work for God's favor. And that is not, that's not the way it works. And if you didn't know that already, (laughs) there's good news. We don't have to work for our salvation or for his grace. He just loves us exactly right where we're at. And he's there to help us in our weakness. And it's, and I, these are truths that I know, but when But when you're not living it, when you find yourself striving for these little things and beating yourself up over, I mean, stupid little things. These are not major things that were happening, but I yet was still beating myself up over them. It's funny because I think because they were little things, it was like the enemy kind of duped me into beating myself up over them like well if it was a really big thing i'm sure god would forgive me but it this little thing i should know better or i should have kept my mouth shut or you know whatever it may be and i noticed as i was walking through scripture and pulling out moments of god's grace from genesis all the way to even in my own life and history and all of the things I found loads of instances where God extends his grace and gives people help exactly where they need it. And, you know, I just, I really want to encourage you if you are having a hard time with grace for yourself, if you can't believe that God wants to just offer it to you, that even that small thing that you messed up on or that you just feel like you can't keep up or whatever it is, just surrender it and ask, ask him to show you his grace for him. And he's going to be happy to do it. And you will just feel so incredibly loved. And in turn, it's just going to give you this grace and love for others around you. And I I think it's just beautiful the way that God works like that. So that has been this year and it's just been really beautiful. Okay, that brings us to 2024, and the word that God put on my heart to do this year is present, and I don't mean like a gift. (laughs) I mean, but although I guess your presence is a gift, but to be present. So a noun for present is the period of time now occurring. An adjective is in a particular place or existing or occurring right now now. And those definitions are really helpful because, especially like that last one, existing or occurring now. And how many times am I so distracted? We are so distracted by our world and there's just so many things going on all at once. And I don't know that our bodies or our minds were meant to process all of the things that we see and all of the things that we have to kind of deal with in one day between actual real life things going on, to things going on online, to things going on on TV, to things going on around the world. There's just so many things happening and, you know, I think that we all feel it. And this year, I have just been finding myself feeling a little bit forgetful And it's like, I feel like my brain is on overload, but it was funny because my mom was like, well, maybe it's menopause and maybe it is menopause and maybe there will be a podcast episode about that. But I kind of suspect a different culprit. And hear me out. I think multitasking is not a bad thing. It's great to listen to a great podcast while you're folding, you know, a load of laundry or putting on a favorite Christmas movie while you are cooking or whatever it is. There's a million ways that we can multitask. When you're at work, if you didn't keep working while you were also having conversations with people at work, then no work would ever get done. So while there are healthy multitasking things that we do in our life, I think that there are some ways that the multitask has really robbed us of the gift of being present both for ourselves and for those around us. So not only do do the people around us benefit when we're actually being present, but we also benefit because we are being present to them and they're being present to us. And it goes back and forth. You know, I took my job last October. I knew I was supposed to take that job. I had to become a lot more intentional with my time working on the podcast because before I had full time to work on the podcast. So I had to really change what I was doing. And of course, with ministry stuff, we do a young marriage group at church. I've mentored um, a couple of gals and I had to really prioritize what was important. And one of the ways I had to kind of Cut, uh, cut some time out was posting on social media for the podcast and posting on social media for Married Rogers Neighborhood. And I have a writing project I'm working on that if you listen to my podcast in July when we got back from our trip, I was full steam ahead to actually put time every week to working on that. And I just simply have not had the time to do it. I have tried to multitask and people please like a champ so I could do it all, but I can't. That overload was really apparent. And I feel like it was a little bit, having those little moments of forgetfulness has given me just a little bit of a red flag. And I really sat with the Lord and said, Okay, I'm definitely on overload. What do I need to do? And He just put on my heart about being present. And so that is my word this year because I wanna be present. I wanna be present in conversations, present in the task at hand, present in Sabbath, present in scripture study, present at work when I'm at work. I wanna resist the urge to over-multitask. And I know as women that's hard because we can see ways where we can multitask. And I think we're kidding ourselves when we think that... We are getting everything done because I think a lot of things suffer when we do that over multitasking. Like I said, there are some things that I think you can do that are beneficial to multitask, but when you are doing too much, then certain things suffer one of the things that I'm really grateful for is that God is always present. It's one of my favorite things about him. And so I'm hoping to learn about that and excited to see what else he has in store for me to learn. In Psalm 46.1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I want to be present. So that's my prayer this year as I move into this year. And I am working on this word present and being present in whatever it is that I'm at. And I just loved the definition, the adjective definition said in a particular place, existing or occurring now. So that is my goal and my hope is to be right where I'm at, to be right with who I'm with, and to not try and multitask and to be a little bit better about saying no to things that I know are a little bit too much. I wanna do things well and I wanna be present for the things and the tasks that God's called me to be present for. So as I said, this is the last episode of season three and I am looking forward to my hiatus. I take uh, January through April off from the podcast. I take January completely off of social media But uh, you can expect season four to begin on April 26, 2024, so you can keep your eye out for that and for announcements of what you can expect for the coming season, and that will run from April through December and taking a break in July like I usually do. I'm really grateful that you joined me on the podcast. I'm grateful that you have been encouraged. I am grateful that you've encouraged me. And as always, I'm just always hoping that the podcast continues to remind you that God loves you and you aren't alone. So thank you again for listening. And I hope that You will join me in April for season four of the podcast. Before we close out, I just want to read over you Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of god now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All right, friends, that's it for season three. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Housewives of the Kingdom podcast. Season four will air on April 26, 2024. Until then, you can catch up on episodes you may have missed. You can still interact with me on Facebook and Instagram at Real Housewives of the Kingdom or on my website, marriedrogersneighborhood.com. Have a happy new year. And just remember, God loves you and you, are not alone.